welcome to another episode of Say It To Me Nice. I am your host, Bridgetta Giles, certified family life educator, sex educator, lover of the word fuck in all forms. And I have a very special guest today, Enero, host of Side Piece Season Podcast. Enero, introduce yourself and tell us how you're changing the world. Hey, my name is Enero. Um, I am the host of Side Piece Season, the podcast and the Instagram channel. Um, and I am just trying to change the world by bringing some relationship information that you might not have ever heard, especially uh, focused at the young people and getting them to get themselves in order and then get into relationships so that their relationships can be built to last or at least not built on fallacies, yes. myths, whatever. Uh, I want them to have real actionable information to go into relationships with because uh, I feel like if you get in the right relationship, that that's dope. Um, and there's so many myths out there that I like, I hate. So I want to destroy them all. Um, that's what, that's what's up. That's how I'm changing the world. I love it. I love it. So we're going to pretend like we wasn't on the, on this live for like an hour, <laughs> like a whole hour talking about this. Like just the, the premise of your podcast is so dope to me. You said something that was so, I can't let you not say it again, where you said that your podcast is, is talking to 18 year old you. Oh, for sure. And I think that is so powerful because a lot of, a lot of what the work that we do is because we saw a lack somewhere, Mm. right? There's, we needed something at some point in our lives and now we're in a space to give that thing. So I love that. That is your, 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 what's driving you. Yeah. I, I, uh, think that there's definitely, um, so mentorship in, uh, specifically the black and brown community, right? But like just across the board, young people are not necessarily mentored mm-hmm. um, by, you know, there's there's nobody that they can go to. There's no OG, there's no patriarch or matriarch that's going to sit down and talk to them just candidly and frankly about whatever their question is. Right. A lot of times you approach somebody that, that is in a position that you respect mm-hmm. with a problem and depending on what it is, if it's relationships, uh, they might not have relationships figured out. They might not have sex figured out. They might not have good actionable information to tell you. So maybe they tell you something that's totally incorrect, or maybe they're just like, whoa, I'm not talking about this shit with you. Get out of here. <laughs> so you need somebody that will that, that that will come and give you some information and that's a resource to you about real life things and you know these days there's been a lot of studies you know you're a therapist there's been a lot of like uh ct scans and uh, all kinds of pet stu- scans biological markers psychological studies all these things have been done they study sex they study bonding they study all of these things so there's a there's a ton of information. It's not complete yet by any means. And one size doesn't fit all, but with so much real science out there, I just can't stand the thought that people are running around just listening to shit that like they read in People Magazine or Cosmo or whatever. Right, with no empirical evidence or (laughs) nothing. It's just like, no, it's just opinions. Yeah. And it's, and, and also I would say with no real interest and helping them get to a good level of understanding and operational preparedness to live their life and have those relationships. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we should be doing that. And, and that's one of the reasons why I was so stoked when I came across your podcast and your Instagram and all that stuff, because it's like, oh, wow, this is somebody that's doing something like your focus is more the sex side. And mine is more 
the total relationship, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. relationships, sex is a big, important part of relationships. Right, right. So I was like, this, this person is, would be so integral to what I'm trying to do. I so I love the fact that you were doing your thing and in your lane and I'm doing my thing in my lane, but like there's some overlap. And the Ooh. fact that we met, I, I'm very thankful for, and uh, this is really dope that I'm going to be on yours. And once I get all my stuff squared away, you're going to be on mine. And we can kind of tag team this and and really push out good information that we are trying to help people with. Like a lot of the information that gets put out there is just to generate funds. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to make money and sell side piece merch and all that stuff. Absolutely. But But my first priority is to actually put out information that is valuable to somebody that can help them. not make mistakes or uh if they make mistakes give them some kind of a frame of reference for what happened so that they don't make the same mistakes you know breaking cycles um which you know we can speak to this i mean there's a like you said in your youth there's a lot of things that you observe because we we learn from people even bad people right Mm -hmm. so if you watch your parents in a fucked up relationship super dysfunctional you you would think that you'd be like Oh yeah, that's not the way it's supposed to go. But actually, you know, the study said that you're more likely to model what was modeled for you. Absolutely. Like you just perpetuate, even even if some part of you says, "Man, that was so fucked up," but that's what you saw. That's what you but internalized as the normal. normal. Right. So you just do it too, even even though you know, man, that's bullshit. Right. So so if you get somebody uh, like I say, it's me nice to come in and tell you some stuff. If you get a side piece season to come in, if you get, you know, I'm just grabbing one here, but horrible decisions. If you get these people to come in and give you information, mm-hmm. you know, that like, wow, okay. So you're saying that it doesn't have to be this way. I, I don't feel, because a, a lot of things that happen, I feel like we feel, you get into a, a sexual situation. You walk away from it, not feeling good about it. Right. But because everything that you've seen and what your friends say and movies and all this stuff, you just feel like, well, that's, you know, it's supposed to be like that. Right. Man. N- no, not, not really. If you didn't like it, something's wrong. Yeah. And, and having those conversations, like I think that we don't, we talked about this earlier. There's not enough intentionality behind the things that we're doing. We get into this mm. cycle of this is what I think we're supposed to be doing because I think this is what everyone else is doing. So I am supposed to do the thing that all the other people are doing as well. Yeah. Incorrect. You do your own thing. But at first, it starts with putting that mirror in your face and determining what your own thing is. Facts. Yay, we're doing the things. Yay, so I'm really <laughs> excited about being on your podcast. And I love the fact that you you are looking at relationships in a very holistic way because what I have found is that a lot of relationships, uh, relationship coaches, therapists, counselors, whatever the case may be, educators, it's either one thing or the other. Like either we're going to just talk about the fucking or we're going to talk about how y'all need to stay together forever. And there's a fear of merging the two. Like, listen, a part of a healthy relationship is intimacy, right? What, and allowing the couple to define what that means for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, wonder twins unite. Like, let's, let's come together and talk about that um, in a way that honors, pe- honors people where they are. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Um, I love the fact your podcast and my podcast is not preachy, right? right? right. And, and, and 
I feel like one of the things, and I, I highlighted this before in some of our communication, there's a, there are two guys that I talked to or, or followed on TikTok that their message is so close to mine. But oh, the minute I reached out and they saw side piece season, they're like, "Man, fuck you!" Oh yeah, I would oh, never. I remember your post. I remember your post because I'm like, "Oh no, what's going on?" So let's talk about that. Let's talk because you know I'm gonna talk your ear off. So t- talk to me about your podcast. Where did the idea? Where did the name come from? Um, because I'm gonna tell you, everybody, anyone who knows me knows that as open minded as I am. <laughs> and as you love all people, everyone has value. Lovely da dee da. I promise you, I am of the idea that a side piece can catch my hands. <laughs> I don't care if you're side piece to my person or side piece to somebody else's person. I will drag you for the sake <laughs> of. So, but all people deserve love and respect, and to not have people put their hands on them. But I'm gonna put my hands on you. But, you know, <laughs> that's just, that's, you know, that's just me. <laughs> so talk to us about the, the, your name, the name of the podcast. So the, the whole thing I looked at, so I was married for 20 years. Um, I'd done the side piece thing when I was dating, you know, like I'd, I'd had side pieces. Actually, that's not true. I'd been a side piece. So I was in my dating life. I was side dating. Cause I would just hook up with chicks that like had a dude or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, I never like, strangely enough, right. The, the, what's the hypocrisy going on there that I'd never do it to my girl, but I would, anyway, I'm just saying so there was that. Logic. Then I got into, you know, and then I was married and uh, overall having a good time with that. But like towards the end, in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense, but at the, towards the end of my marriage, I, <clears throat> I had this emotional affair uh, nothing physical happened you know um but like there was definitely somebody that like I was giving a lot of my heart to and putting a lot of energy in um it was the 2020 part it was because there was this distance that had developed between me and my spouse so I was just feeling it over here something that something different uh so there was that and then after the divorce and all that stuff I went back to my previous form where I was met I was you know, and not necessarily on purpose, but side dick once again. Mm-hmm. And that one was totally different than any of the other ones because that one started off like the ones in my early 20s, where it's just mm-hmm. like sex, and then developed into still fire sex, but also this whole emotional component. Mm-hmm. So it was like a fusion of all the other types of side piecing that had occurred to me all in this one tsunami. Um, and then that shit ended, and I was like, all kinds of fucked up um and i was like it took a while but legitimately the thought was why did all of that happen like i must have had to learn something Mm. so then i started looking at it and like looking at everything and like what were the lessons like what what did i need to learn in this um and you know i I, as when i took that frame of it and kind of like stepped back out of myself and got out of my fields and just started like looking at it and what what there was to learn from it, I was like, oh man, I learned a lot from that fucking side piece season. Yeah. Ah, side bam, piece season. I side love piece season. Yes. And so, like for for me, you know, I think a lot of people. Again, we talked about this offline. Um, there's the whole like draw them in with some candy and then give them some vegetables. Yeah. So 
people hear the name side pieces and they feel some kind of way. They think, they either they, like they think you're encouraging people to be side pieces, right? Which, you know, and not to be judgmental. You know, if that's if that is the avenue that you want to take with your life, absolutely. You know, be free. You know, be safe. <laughs> the the other part of that though is you know some people would not. I know a ton of guys that are like this and women too, actually. Like I know people that they, it's the easiest route. Like they're like, I get all of the good stuff and none of the bad stuff. And that's what they will say. Mm. And, and if it's short term, you could kind of make a case for that. But what most of the ones that I know that do it, they're in this long-term thing. And the longer it goes on, the more complicated and entwined you become and it's not, you know, like they, you, you can say that, like, that's, like I said, that's a good thing that people say, oh, no, it's, no, it doesn't mean anything. How long you been doing it? Oh, a year? And it means nothing, huh? Okay, right. bet. <laughs> right, like how, and how does that even work? Because the people that I know who engage in situations like this, that's the idea, like, oh, it's, you know, it's fun. It's just, you know, it's short term. I don't have to, you know, there are no feelings involved. You know, we, we meet up here and there and do whatever, but then someone is going to catch feelings. Someone is going to form an attachment. That's just chemically, that's just how Mm -hmm. our bodies work. Mm -hmm. You love somebody for too long you, you, you gonna, your body going to start reacting in different ways. You're going to start getting all the, the chemicals, the oxytocin, all the things is just going to be flooding you. And then you stop. Your, body, sure. ha- your body has forsaken you. <laughs> it, it, so, you're doomed. That's what I'm saying. Doomed. Like, I knew, uh, I think, I can't remember if I said this in one of my podcasts or not, but I think I did. When I was young, I had some homies that they had like this very hard rule. Three times and then they were done with you. Like, Three times, they hook up with that chick three times, they, they smash it three times. After the third time, no matter what was going on, that's it. Goodbye. You'll never see me again. And I was like, at the time, I was like, that's the most arbitrary shit. That does make no sense. And I don't even know that they had came to this, this mm-hmm. conclusion. But I can tell you after that, like that last time when I was a side piece and like all the emotions developed and there was this huge entanglement and it was like the breakup is ugly and all that stuff. Like that three-time rule is really genius. Right, right. After that, you're going you gonna to move around. Like, okay, so I'm with that if like both parties is in on it. Like, listen, we're going to do mm-hmm. this three times and we're going to go our separate ways, right? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't hit me with the ghost action. Just if, if we're going to be like, okay, three times and that's it. It makes you- sense. You know that it's not discussed like that, though. I know it never, it never <laughs> is discussed that way. They just go about their business. But I feel like that's when like things get real messy when it's one sided and it's also if the sex is good. Like realistically, hmm. if the sex is good, are we really gonna be like three times and that's it? Mm. Yeah, I mean it. it, it, it <laughs> there's what you say you'll do. And there's what you do. Right. Usually not the same. Right. Like, (laughs) you know, and there, everyone has had these situations with someone who they knew, like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's it. But then the sex is bomb. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to, okay, one more time, one more time. And then next thing you know, the one more time is turned into 10 and now y'all go together. Like it's just, y'all go together and it's it's weird. So it's funny to me, like I wasn't even going to, I wasn't ever even thinking about this, but it is funny how uh, the quality of sex, when you can, when you can make that physical bond, how that could like 
supersede so much of your logical thinking. Like, you know, this shit is wrong for every reason you could think of, except for that. And yet it's like, I mean, it's not that wrong. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, possibly. <laughs> I literally had a situation uh, with this guy years ago and very, very satisfying sexual experience. Like by far top, top three. Um, and, but <laughs> he was... <laughs> We had like no chemistry outside of the bedroom, like none. Mm, mm. Like for us to have a conversation, like have a sit down dinner conversation, <laughs> it's like pulling teeth. We don't speak the same language and I don't understand, but you get us in an intimate situation and that shit is magical, like perfecto. And it will, <laughs> and I, and I'm a communicator. I, communication is big, big, big important to me. So I can't be with somebody and I, and I try my best not to engage with people who can't communicate how endeavor that sex was so phenomenal. I'm like, okay, so how can, how can I maneuver this? (laughs) How can I keep you in the fold here? And ultimately I couldn't because I prompt, I just, I couldn't, I'm not even going to talk shit about this young man. I'm pretty sure, you know, best wishes and all future endeavors but that was it was difficult but it mm. ultimately I had to pull away because I'm like sorry you you are dumb as a damn doorknob respectfully and but you fuck like a god so 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 be how long were you dickmatized oh my god you know what I was pro- we we didn't have sex a whole lot because I knew I know me I know me so we had sex maybe four or five times Four or five times. And after that fifth time, I promise you, it was like coming off crack. I've never had a crack (laughs) before in my life. But I feel as though I can can empathize and now sympathize with people that's coming off crack. Because I promise you, that was the hardest shit ever. Like ovulation. And then ovulation horny time come, you know, ovulating. And I'm just ready to pop, pop, Mm -hmm. pussy for pimp. I can't lie like that young man never comes to my mind like you know this is this I know this would get the job done and now yeah. right now I'm um doing my sex positive celibacy slash abstinence so I'm not fucking nothing and it's killing my soul but I'm not gonna lie Sometimes in my mind I'm like I know I can make this phone call and, and I know it's gonna give what it's supposed to give but this nigga dumb like I just like in my mind so yeah yeah I've heard uh, I uh, I've heard uh, a lot of uh, my you know obviously I'm a nurse by trade so I work with a lot of women so I've heard a lot of these stories about women being you know digmatized. Um, they've given me firsthand accounts and I have my own firsthand accounts so yes. of, of of the chick just like it's like why is this so amazing <laughs> right like what is happening and it's yeah. it's always the situations where. We, and again, I'm a communicator. I like to talk, if I'm going to be in a sexual space, I like to have a conversation about what what pleasures my partner, what was pleasurable to me, my um, yes, no's and maybes, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so this was one of those sneak attacks that like we talked about it and your conversation gives me like, you, you're probably all right, but he wasn't just all right. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> this, I was not prepared. I was ill prepared. I'm thinking I'm about, I'm about to put this pussy on this nigga. Like this is about to be it. And I was like, oh, but wait. Mm. <laughs> he came prepared <laughs> with he came with gifts, a bag of gifts. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what you what? 
what so yeah catch you slipping and listen i'm and i'm i'm gonna take the coldest shower today after this just thinking about like oh no i can't go back i can't go back sorry <laughs> with that being said um with, with me trying to prioritize my 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 self-worth and self-love <laughs> over popping pussy for pimp mm-hmm. what is your advice for for women or, or what do men need to know understand or feel when it comes to supporting women in prioritizing their pleasure well you you say it all the time i say it in my podcast but the, the communication thing is is number one because of the different styles like you put myself into the, the this actual question you know i grew up listening to my friends listening to, to rap songs um, and watching porn. And I'm like, the only way you do it is to go to pound town. And so that's all I give you. Right. Um, and then it, then somebody like somebody finally spoke up and said, Hey, can, can you like Not. take it easy? <laughs> yeah. Could you, could you kind of like, like, like rise up the mountain before you get there? Like, yeah. can we, can we do yeah. some things and go? And I was like, huh. And I'm like, sure. And it, and it was great. Like, I, you know, it wasn't, I was like, wow, you know, hey, you could do this slow. Yeah. Like, oh, who knew? It and works then, this way too. Yeah. And then I did it again with a different partner and it was like, huh, she likes this too. Right. This is, this is a thing. Like, it's interesting. And then I went around telling like, you know, like, like I was doing like a news report, like, hey guys, guess what? You don't you have know? to pound the pussy. Did you know that? And, and but but to know what like communication like talk about it like hey what do you like like I, you know so that you don't get into uh i mean if you care right and you're trying to make sure everybody has a great time yeah. uh yeah little 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 communication goes a long way absolutely and and real communication not just talking because i think in the context of, you know, sex and stuff and like the way things go, like, you know, oh, I'm gonna tear that up. Oh, you ain't had like this before. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, like all that shit is not act, like that's probably more in setting the mood and foreplay, but it's not, it's not telling you anything about what, like, I'm not getting any new information unless you say, when, when I say, hey, I'm about to put it down on you, you know what the jackhammer is. And then they, and then that like led to a tangent that said, well, actually, I don't like the jackhammer. Right. I, prefer, I prefer this, this, and this, which it never goes that way, right? Like, it's just, once you start talking about what you're going to do, and she's talking about what she's going to do, nobody's actually communicating any valuable information. It's just like building up, it's like throwing logs on that fire. Right. The other, the flip side of that, as the woman, you know, don't be afraid to speak up. Like that, I, that's a real big, uh, it's a real big issue, right? Like, because the you're supposed to be docile or you're supposed to just be this sex object or all of these things that are put put out there um and so if you don't speak up if you if you're afraid to speak up and you never speak up and you're waiting and hoping that that guy is going to be like super on his game and prince charming and ask right that's probably not going to happen like more times than not that will not happen so don't be afraid to speak up for yourself like i just did a post uh, my story not too long ago with the with the twins and the the one twin saying no no I'm I'm Harper you know like like you got to be don't be afraid to speak up for yourself 
Right. I like that. I like that. And I like that you touched on the fact that society has put all these different ideas in women's heads about being sexual beings and how we're not supposed to be like sex is for men. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I have literally had people in in my upbringing tell me sex is for men. Right. So when you get married, because obviously you're not going to have sex before you're married. um, When you get married, just it's yes. Always be ready to go do what he wants you to do. And even then I'm like, if I what if I don't like that? What if I don't want to do that? What if I'm sick, right? Mm-hmm. What if, yeah. if all these different things, we, we're not educated on that. We're just told to be available, be, be a penis insert. That makes no yeah. sense to me. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. So with that understanding, when you get into relationships, just think about the, the level of pressure there is because society told me I'm not supposed to want to do these things. I want to do these things. And I don't know how you're going to respond if I tell you how I would like something being done. Mm-hmm. And yep. so it, it causes, I think that's why a lot of women are so unsatisfied in their sexual relationships because they're also afraid. Number one, they're afraid to explore their own bodies because we're not told to do that. Mm-hmm. And with that, if I don't explore my own body, if I don't know what feels good to me, I can't articulate that to my partner, you know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, something that you said about not even exploring your own body or anything like that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, because uh, this kind of fits in real good. So this is going to be my whole, my whole tale. Oh, yay. My whole tale. story. So when I was in, I had just graduated high school. It was like my first serious girlfriend, the first person I ever had sex with. And um, it was a weekday. And so we were like, we, we went to my place, my mom's house, mm-hmm. right? My parents' house so we could have sex. And we're up in my room. You know, I'm not totally crazy. I, we're in the room. I got the door locked, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, my girlfriend, we're having sex. And my girlfriend's mm-hmm. like, I think your garage door just opened. And of course, you know, tunnel vision, right? Like, I'm mm-hmm. like, I ain't no garage door open. So like we had sex, we finished and everything. And then, um, and then we were going to leave. Mm-hmm. And so we're coming, it was a two story house. We're coming, uh, we come out of my room. You can't really see. And we're at the top of the stairs. And just as we get onto the stairs, my mom comes around. She came home for lunch. I don't know why she was home for lunch, but she, she came home for lunch. So she's coming up the stairs. So like, I'm like looking down with my girlfriend and like, like looking at my mom, I'm like, oh shit. Yes. And my mom just looks up like I'm trying to be cool. You know, like I'm like, well, fuck it, we gotta get out of here. So I keep walking, we come keep walking down. We're on one side, my mom's on her side. And then, like, right as we get next to each other, my mom leans over and said, I was gonna ask you if you wanted something for lunch, but I see you already ate. I grabbed that. I grabbed her hand and I was like, we got to, we got to go now. Let's move. <laughs> oh my God. And, and after that though, that was all that was ever said. There's nothing. So there's a total double standard because if, if I was a girl oh and was down with a guy, we would have had, they would have told like, it would have been a, there would have been a scene. Down. Yeah. There'd have been all kinds of stuff. But because I was a, because I was a man, a boy, like, just see. like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You know? like typical typical boy yeah yeah and it's it's funny because that you know that double standard it's like Mm -hmm. you know that so how that plays out like in music and all that other shit it's like you see all these sexy women but you're not supposed to have sex like why are you sexy then 
Right. Why are you trying to be sexy if you're not right. supposed to have sex? Right. You know, and if it, it, I don't know. That's that whole thing. Like nobody said to me in that whole thing, like, oh, you're a dirty boy. But if I was a girl, you, you know, what would they have said? Oh my goodness. That would have been an entire conversation yeah. um, about how you're, you're wrong and just fuck hormones, right? Fuck the fact mm-hmm. that your body is revving up to do the things like fuck all that. Like, oh, how dare, how dare you bring dishonor to your family? Like that type of shit. It's, sure. it's, it's ridiculous. And again, I don't think enough people think about situations like that and how that impacts the minds of women. And then we get into these relationships and we're expected to be able to, to pop pussy. Y'all literally spent my entire life telling me how I'm not supposed to be sexual and demonizing mm-hmm. me for being sexual so when you you break my spirit now i get with somebody now i gotta be sexual i'm sorry what mm-hmm. it, and just the impact of that has on relationships and not being willing to name it and say listen my family fucked me up they, they gave me <laughs> real messed up information about sex and as a result i am not as comfortable being sexual as i feel like i should be so let's let's talk about it let's work through that Let's go to a sex therapist and actually build our relationship. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Again, there's help out there for you. There's real information out there for you. And if you don't know that it's out there and that it's also okay to get it and if you need it, like that's the other thing. The stigma of like getting help. It's like so weird that getting help for shit that you really need help with is stigmatized. Like if your car breaks down and you take it to a mechanic, don't nobody say anything about that. Right. If your bone gets broken and you go to, you know, have a surgery or get a cast put on it. Nobody says anything about that. You got some fucking like thought processes and emotional, like your emotions are out of control and you don't know how to control them because nobody ever told you you could. And you go to get help with that. It's like, uh, like, oh my God. Right. And it gets so deep. It can get so deep with that. But I think it, it you talked about earlier today, if more people knew what was available to them, then maybe they would be more inclined to take the help that's needed. Um, I think that's a part of the, part of it. But again, that stigma, like, oh, now I'm going to somebody to talk about my sex problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just like you would if you were going to the cardiologist for a heart problem. Like that's that's how it goes. Um, but I'm I'm hoping, you know, the reasons for my podcast, your podcast, is to encourage more people to think outside of the box and be open and be willing to have these conversations and and find a healing journey that fits them. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I, so I would say this. This is a question that I have because you're. <clears throat> your particular type of therapy, your your lane, if you would like, would you say there's a lot of people in your lane? Because I think one of the things that I say on my show all the time is, well, not all the time, but I've said it, like the first therapist that you find might not be the right fit. So mm-hmm. don't don't give up on therapy just because it's not going right with the first person. Maybe you need to find another therapist. Like right. it's not one size fits all. So, you right. know, are there, a, are there a lot of people in your lane, would you so, say? I would say yes. But so let me let me clarify. So I am what you call a sexuality counselor. So a counselor and a therapist, a lot of people don't know, are two very different things. Right. Therapists can diagnose and they, they address the more hard-hitting um, sexual dysfunctions and disorders and things like that. A sexuality counselor is more so being able to help people create plans around um, meeting goals, sexual goals, 
Um, it could be things like I, I want to be able to achieve orgasm versus, and there is no um, therapeutic or medical reason why you're not. You see what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Yeah, um, yeah. It's helping people create plans. Then you have sexuality educators that only provide the education piece, right? So if you if you look at sexuality, the field as a whole, there are lots of us. There's a lot of us out here. There are a lot of people with the education, the background, the, the licenses, the certifications. Um, but again, a lot of people don't even know this field exists because a lot of people aren't really looking at, well, how, how do I improve my sex life? How do I improve intimacy? They, they, they know, like, I want my marriage to be better. I want my relationship to be better, but I don't know how to communicate what exactly the problem is. A lot of people go to uh, marriage and family therapists um, when they should be going to a sex therapist or they should mm -hmm. be going to a sexuality counselor or even just an educator, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think understanding what it is you want, doing consultations and opening your mind. But we, we out here in abundance. <laughs> it's lots of it. A good resource um, is going to the uh, ASECT website. That's the American Association of Sex educators, counselors, and therapists, and just okay. really Googling who's certified through ASEC. And there are other, there are other um, certification um, sites, but I know ASEC is like the big, big daddy of them all. Um, but really just kind of researching to see who's available in my area. Um, therapists only can, obviously they can only work in the states that they're licensed in. Counselors can cross states. Educators can cross states. So mm -hmm. that's a resource. That's a gem right there. That's good information. I, yeah. I didn't know that. I knew the difference between a counselor and a therapist, but I didn't know yeah. the, like the body that would give you. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That's nice. There That's good to know. There, there are a few out there, but again, ASEC is the one that we all, we, we all in there. <laughs> and yeah. that process is, is yeah, that is a process. I'm, I'm going to tell you, anyone that's ASEC certified, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, because they put you through hell and high water and ASEC yeah. is the hell and the high water. Okay. <laughs> in the words of Papa Pope from Scandal, I'm re-watching Scandal, so I have like all these scandal, uh, <laughs> all these little scandal phrases that are stuck in my head. So I think that it's handled like every day. People are getting tired of me at this point. But yeah, I would say that'd be a good resource if you're looking for mm -hmm. um, that type of support. That's good. Cause like, again, finding a, uh... It's it's at this point, especially like just with podcasts, right? Like yeah. somebody could be looking for a pod, podcast like yours mm -hmm. and never find it. Yep. You know, so like it's good to know like these resources, um, you know, where where they're at, who who certifies them, all of that kind of stuff. Because it's on Instagram, like there's a, a million coaches on Instagram, right? And like there's like you don't know who <laughs> your coach. Right. Is you, what is their qualification? You don't know their qualifications, and I will tell you. So I, I stopped saying telling people all people. Yeah, you need therapy. Drive therapy because I recognize that everyone has their own lane. Everyone should find their own healing journey. Like obviously, I I, I have worked in mental health for sixteen years, seventeen this year. Jesus, please. Um, so I, I am biased towards therapy and counseling and things of that nature. But I also recognize that not everyone will respond to therapy. So what that means is a life coach might be more appropriate for someone who's not quite comfortable with therapy, depending on if there's no trauma involved and things like mm -hmm. that. But again, 
you don't have to have a type of certification to be a life coach. Mm -hmm. And so you have to watch for things like that when, when you're seeking support, but you're not quite comfortable for whatever reason with therapy is that there is, is unregulated people out here, unregulated, (laughs) just, just giving opinions that aren't Mm -hmm. based in empirical evidence. Like there's no evidence-based practice associated with life coaching to my knowledge. So, well, I mean, it's, Again, that's the that's the tricky part about back to what I was saying earlier. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's no mentorship. Um, if if I was to get in a time machine now and go back and talk to 17 year old me, you know, the information that I'm going to give is definitely based on experiential things that happen. But also, like, I've you know, I've read a shit ton of books and yeah. Um, I, I I'm like really trying to get a deeper understanding of all of like, cause there's so many things, you know, patterns and habits and mm-hmm. chemical things that happen. And, yep. you know, the, the modeling that you've got and what, what you did with it, because the chances are the things that you see as a child, you know, there's things that I would never do that my father in his absenteeism, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. things that that mm-hmm. made me feel a certain way. So I was like, okay, I'm not, you know, okay. So I learned a couple of things not to do, even in your not doing it because that's laced with emotions, you're going to do some things that aren't probably functional that probably don't serve you. Right. Even though you're not repeating that cycle, you're not repeating it in an unhealthy way. Mm-hmm. So there's so much, you know, again, we just need to get this info. Like we need to get the information out there. We need to let people know, Hey, guess what? You're not alone. The shit that mm-hmm. happened to you happened to probably at least a hundred thousand other people. <laughs> yes yes and I think, I think that's so helpful because a lot of times people feel as though they're on an island mm, like that's just me the, the problem that I have it's only me no one else understands me no this it's quite a few people here that, yeah, that, that are going through this and someone got on the other side of it mm-hmm. I, and I think that's the that is the worst part of because it is such a that I, I'd say that's the number one default that people go through when they have a difficult situation is to feel like somehow this is novel and has never happened to anybody else. It's only happening to you. And you're, you know, because you had bad karma because you're a bad person, whatever, they make up all these excuses for why this is only happening to me. Right. Um, And they, they, they embrace that victim mentality, Mm -hmm. which even if somebody took advantage of you, you don't have to ever be a victim unless you decide to be one. Um, and to to know that and to act in that way, somebody somewhere had to tell you that, mm-hmm. which is what, like, you know, what I do and what you do. Mm-hmm. Like, we're putting this out here to them, like, hey, guess what? This shit happens. It's going to happen again. It's not unique to you. There's ways through this. And, you know, know that you can get on the other side of this. And you don't have to feel any kind of way unless you accept it. Because a lot of you know, barring like actual, like clinical depression, and, right, right. You know, Trauma. bipolar, things like that. Yeah. Bet there's a lot of stuff that we just kind of like make a mountain out of a molehill for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, which is like, you know, you don't have to carry that cross. Yes, I do. Like, no, really put it down. Yeah. To, to put it down. On, a, on a very, I don't think it's a small scale, but I want to say for the sake of the conversation, a small scale, you see this, uh, what, they, what they're calling it, the great, the great resignation. Mm-hmm where everyone is like, we see in our worth and we're like, I'm not working for pennies. 
when I can be doing this independently for however, $100,000, whatever. And Mm -hmm. I think that when people sit in spaces that they're so unhappy in and then complain about sitting in this space because they're so unhappy in it, when literally like, so this company, if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, I get that. Mm -hmm. You can literally, you could go to another company and make more money doing the same thing. Yeah. Well, what transferable skills do you have that can put you in a better place to get the job that pays you X amount of dollars or whatever the case may be, um, because you don't have to spend eight hours of your life feeling horrible and then expect right. it to function. Like, eh, do you think that people like, what, what are your thoughts? Cause this is something that since you brought that up, that's mm-hmm. really sparking something else that I think about. Um, I'm like, why don't people accept their own individual? Why, like, what do you think it is that people act as though they have no power over the situation? Because I'm really like, if you're in a, if you hate your job or you hate the situation you're in and you're actively trying to get out of it, mm-hmm. I will listen to you bitch about that every day yep. for hours on end. But, but if you not. are in the same place, but not doing anything and you're just going to lay there and take it, I don't want to hear you bitching all the time. <laughs> like, so I think for, so for me, I think a lot of it is people, I mean, by nature, a lot of people, we get in our own way. There's no matter where you sit on, on the side of whether or not Black people can experience imposter syndrome, they they can have a, a version of it, whether or not it's, we can call it that or whatever, but imposter syndrome, what I am, I, I hate where I am right now, but do I really feel as though I'm good enough to do something else? So it may be something just in, internally where they're like, you know what, I'm miserable here, but do I have what it takes to go somewhere else? So and- let me throw this at you. Okay. What about what about the modeling that our parents and our parents' Ooh, parents have yes. done where there's like, yeah, it yes. sucks, but it's a good job. Yes. You don't leave a good job. You don't what about listen. that? I think that plays a major part in it because like you said earlier, we model, we, we do what was modeled to us. And so we have parents like my grandmother. So every woman in my family is a teacher, like teaching 30, my mother, how, how am I? I'm about to be 37. So I think my mother's been teaching for close to 40 years now, 38, 39, 40 years. My grandmother taught 30 plus years, my aunt 30 plus years. That's just what you did. Like my grandfather worked forever. Like he literally got ill while he was working in his eighties. And that's just, that's just what they did back in the day. Whereas now we're not trying to struggle. We're not trying to be in spaces where we're not, um, that we're taking advantage of. We're not trying to stay in spaces. Like our mindset is different, but again, it's what was modeled to us that makes it so hard for us to leave. We know, we know we're in a space now in 2022. You know what? jobs jobs are out there you know there there are jobs there are opportunities to do contract work there's opportunities to do your own thing but I never saw it done mm-hmm. I've never seen yeah. it done so I don't how do I know that it's possible if no one showed me that it's possible in my last episode I, I mm-hmm. talked about people being risk averse and risk-, risk averse so like oh. you don't want to take a risk oh and, yeah. and the the whole thing of like just the way that we think Mm-hmm. We're, we're much more comfortable dealing with a known than an unknown, even if the unknown could be an infinite amount better. Yes. Like, eh, you know. I could go out and venture out and do this thing on my own, and it could really be, I could be the next Bill Gates. Mm, nah. 
because right. <laughs> it's, it's scary we don't know what that feels like we don't know what that looks like it seems like it could potentially be more work than what I'm doing now and that's okay it's okay to take that that leap because I'm sorry I just I just can't align with being miserable in a space and someone told some told me something that it just really made me think about the mindset of people in the workplace now. If you don't like where you are, but there are problems everywhere. And, and mm-hmm. you, you're, even if you have your own business, you're going to have problems. You go to another company, you're going to have problems. Everyone has, everywhere has problems, right? Mm-hmm. But the idea that why is it not my decision? What problems I'm willing to take on? Mm, yeah. if, we go, if we're going to go that negative right, like there's problems everywhere, why, why do we not feel comfortable with deciding what I'm willing to deal with? And I know the shit here, I ain't trying to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So why doesn't it come to anyone's mind? Like, well, I mean, yeah, they got problems over there at AT&T. However, it ain't problems like over here at Verizon. <laughs> so I think they got a limited a- PTO over there. So mm-hmm. I think uh, back to back, in the context of sex in a relationship, again, now, if you're not saying mm-hmm. what you want, you're not saying uh, like whatever, you know, uh, who you, may, maybe you're not bitching to anybody, but it, you're probably bitching to somebody and they might be throwing out these things. Oh, do this, do that, do that. Now they might not have good advice, but like the right. point is right. there's things that you could do that you're not, that you've never done before. Mm-hmm. You don't know how they'll turn out, right. but rather than try something that could that could totally alleviate the problem and make the situation amazing you just keep doing what you always did which was modeled for you etc 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 and you stay stuck and we gotta shake we gotta shake that up we gotta shake it up and again i think to, to talk about like bringing in your podcast and your experiences like a lot of people like oh i'm gonna get me a side piece because the things aren't happening over here well, what did you do to shake things up in your relationship as yeah. far as, and I, we get this a lot, a lot of people will, they're, they're couples that have uh, what I call unbalanced libido, where one person's, um, one person, and I, it's not that someone's sex drive is, is higher than the other. It's not like, oh, I have a low sex drive, I have a high sex drive. It's really, they want to have sex more than the next person. It may mm-hmm. not be a libido or a desire thing, but that's a whole nother podcast. Right, um, right. But what did you do other than stick your penis or your vagina in their face and be like, do things to it that made them want to make a shift. What thing did you do that was impactful for your relationship to, to rectify this problem before you go over here to, to Susie or Joe. And now I got a side piece because they're going to take care of, they're, they're going to take care of that for me. Well, you're going to have some problems over there. too. Yeah. I, I saw something uh recently i don't remember what it was but there was somebody said so you're in this serious committed relationship and you're getting 80 percent of all the things you need in this relationship but there's this 20 percent that's not the way that you want it to be or maybe it's horrible but it's but 80 percent the overwhelming majority you are getting so then you go to get this 20 percent like like if that's the real breakdown, which one's more valuable to you? What's more valuable? If you're, if you're level-headed and, and really can divorce yourself from your emotions and your ego and all that stuff and, right. and look at the, the, the sheer numbers, mm-hmm. the 80% much better. Yeah. It's le- legitimately 400% better. 
than the 20% over there, but you will risk you the will 80%, risk 80 for the 20%. 20. And, and most times without even trying to improve on that 20%. That's, and that's the crazy part. That's the cra- that is the part that always just kind of blows my mind. Like, so you, did you do any work to try to get a portion of the 20 within your 80? Like, you may be at 95 by now if you just put in some 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 a little work. Mm. So mm. that's a, ooh. Yeah, just, just a little some, you know, you might not get to a full hundred, yeah. but you could be better. I will tell you from experience, mm-hmm. you know, where you're getting into the trouble is now you got that 80%. And because you're not paying attention to that 80%. It's dropping down drop. and that 20% that was only ever supposed to be 20% is now climbing up. Yeah. Yeah. You are going to be in a situation, my friend, mm-hmm. more likely than not. Like you think it's easy. You think you're solving a problem, but it's just like science for every invention. There's like three problems that it creates. <laughs> like, yeah. Can, can Let me say this real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause this seems like the perfect time for me to say this. Mm-hmm. relationships are not flowers and magic every day they require work and sometimes the work is dirty yes so this is the thing this gets me with so many relationship coaches and counselors like they really portray relationships like oh my god there's always a meme that say relationships aren't hard people make it hard no bitch relationships are hard <laughs> these two different personalities this is two potentially different value systems. We're trying to merge and get together and do all these different things. And I just want to run. That shit is hard. That is so hard. And then if you pile on trauma, relationship mm-hmm. trauma or actual trauma on top of that, that's even harder. Mm-hmm. And, and people, the, the, this uh, hallmark expectation of things really fuck some people up because I uh one of one of my uh friends got a divorce Mm -hmm. because the passion was gone it's like we're roommates I was like are you fucking high right now do you think it's supposed to be the like the first year nine and a half years later later right that's not real and I know people there's I'm you know the bell curve that's not real for the vast majority of us I'm sure there's somebody out there that that shit never went away. Right. But that's, they're the minority. Like that's mm-hmm. not real. Right. Like not to say that you can't have flashes of that and, 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 you know, but relationships, I think just from the chemical nature, the mm-hmm. reason that it happens the way it is, you get all that limerence, you get the passion, you get all the dopamine, you get all that shit at front load so that it keeps you in the relationship. So you can work through the other bullshit yep. and have something that's cohesive that gives you, more than you would get because mm-hmm. at the end of the day and I, I hate to say this but like how much are you really gonna fuck you know and like come on you're not gonna like you're gonna spend way Wait. more time i mean i'm not belittling because i love it and i want it to be fire abundant yes i want it to be fire every time i want to be like you know cracked out um <laughs> right but but, but the reality of it is you're gonna have great times and you're gonna have time that's meh you're, you're yeah. it, and that's natural and that's normal and I, I hate when couples I don't want to say I hate that's a strong word we use that word a lot today but when people say oh the passion was gone so we 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 left I'm like so is there a cycle to it because again mm-hmm. they're 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 ebb and, ebb, ebb and flow I always yeah. screw that up 
that it goes it's oscillating it goes up and down you're going to have periods of, of droughtiness right mm-hmm. but what are you doing to overcome it other than trying to force yourself into passion and I think that's that's always people go to oh uh we lost our passion so we got to do all this hot sexy shit no how about you stop and figure out where are we is this just a temporary thing is there a medical issue because sometimes it's medical is is it a, a desire issue an arousal issue like what what are we looking at so that we can combat the actual root cause but no they don't want to do that they're thinking oh our problem is we're not having the sex so guess what that means we got to have the sex without finding out why we're not having the sex while you were talking mm-hmm. i just had it just came to me the mm-hmm. perfect thing for us to talk about on my podcast at least for the first time yes. and it's going to be non-sexual intimacy yes oh who the goodness. fuck talks about that nobody talks about that nobody yeah. talks so there's seven different types of intimacy and i'm not gonna go too deep into it because it's actually another episode for this season but there are different okay. types of intimacy and and six of them have absolutely nothing to do with sex have nothing to do with physically touching your partner and i don't think people understand the impact of being able to nurture someone in ways that have nothing to do with the physical. Yeah. It's just being able to share interest with someone, having conversation. Like for me, being able to hold a deep conversation about real life things, hmm. that to me is one of the most intimate acts for me with a partner or a potential. And something that's really weird. I don't, I think it's sweet. A lot of people think it's weird. I love to have someone read to me. I don't care what it is. Self-care books, preferably poetry books, whatever, read to me and let's have a conversation about what it is we're talking about uh, or that you're reading to me. Things like that cultivate intimacy in a very gentle, loving way that has nothing to do with genitalia. Absolutely nothing. That that is, uh, so I didn't know that Mm -hmm. at 18. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know that at 30. I didn't know that at 35. Yeah, I kind of I got late to the game on that one, but that that's a major one that you know we need to throw that out there and let people because one of the things that I think that happens with young people is that 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 idea of if we're going to connect, if we're going to have a deeper bond, if I'm going to take this relationship to another level, mm-hmm. then I have to fuck you. Yeah, which is which is not that's not it. That doesn't guarantee shit. Like that doesn't guarantee anything. That just means our, our private parts touched. Yeah, yeah. We make but, but you know, that's the that's the thing. And I, talking to a lot of my female friends that have daughters and stuff, and listening to them recount some of the stories of their daughters' first sexual, they didn't really want to fuck. They just thought, how this is the only way I can prove to this guy that I'm really interested in connecting with him. Right. Which is like it's I of course as a man and as a boy I never would have even considered that and finding that out is like really sad to me (laughs) you know because because you know I mean what does a guy care about like he like oh my oh my god my dick said something right right it's doing the thing (laughs) things are happening oh my god yeah but just connecting the dots and and we say the young people but there's some grown people there's some big big aged individuals (laughs) that really oh i want to take my let's take the relationship to the next level right so that means let's fuck but baby y'all can't even have a a a 30 minute conversation about Mm -hmm. something very 
very important, like sex, like yeah. the, the act of talking about it is an act of intimacy and y'all can't do that. Yeah. So just really just being mindful. Why do we do the things that we do in relationships, in relationship, in relationship to sex, in relationship to friendships and business and all yeah. just, just having some level of intentionality behind your actions. I love it. I love, I love I talked, it. I have talked your head off and you let me take you down a rabbit hole, but it was wonderful. <laughs> it was beautiful. I've enjoyed this so. time with you. So before we go, we've talked a little bit about it as we've just kind of processed through some things, but what are your top three sex tips for Black folks? Uh, top three sex tips. Mm-hmm. First one, communication. We already talked about that. Like, Absolutely. cause you, you have to know what, like, you know, again, if they don't want to go to pound town or if they only want to go to pound town yeah there's no short of a tattoo that says take me to pound town there's no way you're going to know that right. so you got to have right. you got to have some some conversations about that um kind of piggybacking on that mm-hmm. uh but i i think it's a, a separate thing listen to the nose honor the nose like if somebody says yeah hey i don't i don't do x you know and I'm guilty of this, particularly in my younger days. Like, all I'm doing is trying to figure out a way to, to, Get you to schmooze right. X, you know? Yeah. So, like, like just, like, because, you know, maybe the X is just X for now. Maybe the X is X till I know you better. Mm-hmm. Maybe the X is always no. I just, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do it. But, like, don't, <laughs> don't, don't take away from your enjoyment of all the things that are on the table by focusing on the one thing that you, that is not right, right. You know, like that's is that's like consent <laughs> is always key. I'm not even going to get off on tangent on consent, but consent is always key. If someone is not into it, they're not into it. If you want to have a conversation about the why, have a conversation about the why, so that yeah. you know. But what's what's the other stuff? Don't don't try yeah. to cope course. Yes, don't finesse it. Don't do that. <laughs> And then, like, you know, we kind of just talked about it by talking about the, the intimacy, but, like, know why you're having sex. Yes. You know, because, like, like I, we just, like, literally, we're talking about, um, and I and I boiled it down to younger individuals, but like, you're right. Like, there's people that never learn these things. So, like, to them, you know, a, an island thing. So, I'm from the Bahamas. A, a typical island thing, it's not just the Bahamas. I think it's pretty much every island is this mentality, like, if we're together, we got to have a baby. That's the stupidest shit really? because you might not. Because yeah, yeah, it's. A, it, I mean, I don't know about now, but when I was coming up, that's totally an island thing. Like, if we're together, it's not real unless I have your baby. That's what women think. Like, really? that that validates the 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 relationship. Is I'm, I'm sure my mom thought that my marriage was bullshit though because we never had kids. Like that's like because that's just how that's a thing. Mm-hmm. At least the old school thing. If you don't have kids, there it's not like what y'all doing. Which what's really going on? Oh wow. And, and so you know, like I never knew. Know, that. know yeah. what you're know what you're having sex for, and let and and the reason that you're having it has to be something that actually is works for you like you shouldn't be doing it for again if you think that that's some way to show that i'm so serious about you and i want to get closer to you well you know the sex in in that paradigm the sex could make you feel closer to them but doesn't mean that it's making them feel closer to you Mm, good right so you know 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 why and uh 
I think all of those things, you know, I, I throw a fourth one out there for, for the ladies. Yes. Um, for sure. And, and for the guys. So I said this in the podcast, like, cause there's this myth, like that goes out there that like, you know, we talked about it kind of at the beginning of the show where women don't enjoy sex. Mm-hmm. It's for men. It's a thing for men. Women don't enjoy sex. It's just a way for them to have babies and to serve men. Like, Ladies, come on, fuck that. We know all of you want to have good sex. If you got the, if good sex, if you were introduced to good sex and it's on the table, you're going to want it if all the other things line up. So, so let's just dispel that myth that, that women don't enjoy sex. And that will be uh, a call of, to action for guys mm-hmm. to make sure and remember that part of your, you know, everybody should enjoy it. So do some things to make this thing good for everybody, everybody. that's there. Yes. You know? Yes. So I, I love that. I love all of those. So <laughs> rep your brands before we leave. Let us know where we can find you. Um, let us know where we can hear your podcast. I'll rep your brands. Okay. So uh, the podcast is on, uh, it's side piece season. It's mm-hmm. on Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, and a, and a couple other places. I, I'm trying to make sure that it's up everywhere, but it's on the big ones that people know. So Apple and Spotify, it's there. Um, I'm going to start throwing up. I secured the uh, YouTube channel. I'm going to, at some point, start throwing the episodes up there on YouTube. Haven't done it yet, but it's coming. Um, and then on Instagram, side piece mm-hmm. underscore season, because they wouldn't let me just be side piece without the underscore. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm on there. If you got any questions, comments, show ideas, you want to get on a show, shoot me a DM. We chop it up. I'm like, that's how we, this is happening through that channel. So, uh, you know, uh, that's all the places that you can find me. And I'm, I'm working on getting into even more places. Uh, the, the mission is not to tell you how to get a side piece. Although I did do that in an episode, but that is not (laughs) the mission. That is not the mission of the podcast. The mission of the podcast is for you to get your shit together, whatever that has to look like, so that you can be the best that you can be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. You only control yourself. So I want you to be the best that you can be in that relationship. And that should serve the relationship well. Um, The only reason I say should and not that it will is because that you still have that other person or people that you're in that relationship with. But if you come fully formed and ready to rock, good things are going to happen from your side of it. So that's what's important to me. I love relationships. I think they're best. Um, I don't believe uh, in a lot of these myths that they throw out there, especially Mm -hmm. like that whole, you complete me shit is my, that's the one that makes me the most mad because if the other person has to complete you, then that's a lot of power and pressure on them and the shit can't work because they can't do everything for, for you and for them too. So I say show up to the relationship fully formed, ready to rock, working on the things that you are weak in to strengthen them. And fucking like, if you're a hundred and they're a hundred, good shit's going to happen. So that's what I'm all about. That's what I'm trying to do. That's, that's the message that I want people to have. And I, and I hope to get with people in different specialties like you so that we can talk about all the things that happen in relationships, good, bad, and indifferent and talk about ways to improve the relationship and make it really hum and be bountiful and beautiful for everybody. Dopeness. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing space with me. Thank you. Y'all go, please, please, please go uh, support, support his channel, support his, his IG podcast. Um, and we will tune in to us for next week. Peace. 
hey thanks for having me and uh we're gonna get you on my podcast soon yes absolutely i'm there i'm with it i'm with it Thank you.